And so we're just going to go back to 2 Corinthians 2.14. You can just listen to me read this again. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. This may seem like a crazy year to you, but it does not change the Word of God. And uh, the good news is for you and me, no matter what you go through, what you face, God has promised you that you're going to come up, rise above it, and triumph over that situation. Turn to somebody and tell them, you win. And we need to celebrate like we win. Amen, church? Glory to God. When you think about this, uh, you need to start with a a baseline of what it means to be certain in your life. That means to be sure. It means to be confident. It means that you are absolutely secure and snug, established, reliable. You're fixed and you're immovable. Say that with me, certain. Of course, the uncertainty is just the opposite of that. You're lacking being confident and safe and secure and established. I said this uh, yesterday, and I want to say it to you today. The weather forecast for the world right now is cloudy with a 100% chance of confusion. And uh, that, all that does is lead to this spirit you know, of uncertainty in people's lives. When you have the experts contradicting themselves every couple of weeks... You have every kind of leader in the country contradicting one another. We're going to go down this path, and we're going to do it this way, then we're going to do it that way. Oh, no, we can't do it that way because this has come to life. And now I, I really would appreciate if you all start wearing goggles to the service. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wore those as a swimmer for years. Amen. And I want you to know if you put those on and walk down the street, you are going to look like a freak. But... What do you do? No wonder so many people are confused and uncertain. The voices are completely contradictory. There's no consistency there. And so what you need to do is draw heavily on the God that lives on the inside of you. And the word of God that's available to lead and guide and direct you in terms of this situation. Uncertainty abounds everywhere in our government, our economy, our schools, our businesses, our sports team. We just finally got a baseball season going, and just like that, several cards got the virus, and now the last several games have been postponed. How dare COVID-19 cancel baseball season? Keep it up, COVID-19. I'm telling you. (laughs) It abounds. But then I read this scripture in Proverbs 4.18. It's been one of my favorites and guided and encouraged me through the years. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. They may be going down a path that's darker and darker, but the child of God should not be going on a path in life that's darker and darker, confused and uncertain. The bottom line is too many believers are getting sucked up into what you just saw in this video. Everybody's using that word. Now it's in us and out of the abundance of the heart. Guess what happens? The mouth speaks and now we talk the same way and think the same way. And also, if we're not careful, we begin to view God that way. You never know what God's going to do. I'm not certain about what God will do in this situation. Well, I want you to know at the outset today, you can be certain of God's love. You can be certain of God's goodness in your life. You can be certain that God is for you and not against you. And in the big scheme of things, this is nothing more than a blip in eternity. And you see it from the perspective of God. Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if this thing's trying to sit down on your mind and heart, you know it's not coming from God. I want to see you walk out of here confident in God today. I want to see you walk out of here encouraged today in Jesus' name. 
more certain of your God than you have ever been in your entire life. Are you here? In the backdrop of all this, I hear God saying through the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11 and verse 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. And listen to this, and certain of what we do not see. So what you have is if uncertainty is rising up in your heart, it is fundamentally an issue of faith. When faith goes up, uncertainty goes down. When uncertainty goes up, your faith goes down. So I don't care where you are today, everybody in this room can do something about this situation. If you feel like you're being sucked under this undertow of uncertainty and darkness and confusion, you can do something about it. The Word of God is that powerful. Let's talk about this for just a moment. You know, how can you be certain in life? You attach yourself to something that is certain in life. Peter said this of the Word of God in first, uh, chapter two, uh, 2 Peter rather, chapter 1, verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more certain. You do well to pay close attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and light breaks through the gloom and the morning star rises in your hearts. What is he saying? He said, don't pay any attention to all the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the tricks, and all the stuff associated with the Word. You first pin your heart life to the Word of God. It is the prophetic Word made more certain. Come on, shout it out. The Word of God is certain. If I attach myself to the Word of God, then I'll be certain, fixed, immovable, always abounding in the things of God. You will be secure. You will be set. You will be sure. You will be set. Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is what? It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now we got to look at the word of God as a, as a child of God and say, you know what? If that's what the Bible says about itself, then I believe that. I believe that no matter what's going on, I will still have light. When Egypt was going through all of its mess and all of the plagues and all the situations because of the hardness of the heart of Pharaoh and the disobedience of those people, there was always light in Goshen. And I'll tell you this, no matter what comes your way, whether it's this situation or something you can't even conceive yet, if you will turn your eyes and fix yourself to the Word, you will always have light in your house. You will always have light in your marriage. You'll always have light in your situation. Because it doesn't come from you, it comes from that which is in you. Glory to God. The Bible says of itself in Psalm 119.89, the word is fixed. It's forever settled. I mean, think about this world right now. Nothing's settled. It changes on a dime. But the word is what? Settled. So why should you spend your time meditating on that which is not settled instead of focusing on that which is settled? And will never change. The scripture says heaven and earth will pass away. Matthew 24, 35. But my word will not pass away. That's what you want to hook your wagon to. Amen. So be careful when religion and church and government and business and school and everybody screaming uncertainty, uncertainty. You just walk right in the middle of that mess with the word of God on your lips and saying, you know what? With faith I am sure. With faith I am certain in Jesus' name. Come on, shout it out. I've never been more certain in my entire life than I am right now. God's going to turn this around. Come on, say it boldly. I've never been more certain 
in my entire life, God will turn this around. That's our God. That's who we serve. You know, I, I think about this, you know, tendency to uncertainty, and the scripture gives us a couple of really great examples. I want you to go to uh, Luke chapter 1, and this is the story of John the Baptist's father who was doing his, his tenure in the temple service. And I'll pick this up with verse, uh, with verse 6. Actually, let's go on to verse 8. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Now watch this. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Now what is the Best, the most accurate translation of angel, write this down, messenger. They bring a messenger from God, a word of God. And it says, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now watch this. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Well, hey, buddy, let's start with angel. Uh, there's an angel there. How can I be sure? How can I be certain? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. What's going on with him is that he is looking at the circumstances he is looking at the obstacles. He's looking at his experiences. And that has produced a spirit of uncertainty in his life. Now what the angel was there to do that day was to shift his thinking onto not what is, but what can be. After all, you and your wife prayed this way. Why should you be surprised that God would show up and answer? And yet, at the same time, he is operating in uncertainty. And the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. What is gospel, church? It's good news. You see, you're either going to pay attention to circumstances and setbacks and problems and all the nutty things going on, or you're going to focus on what did God say. One will produce uncertainty, one will produce faith, one will cause you failure, one will cause you to succeed, and you got a decision to make. Well, the angel helps him out here, and he said, I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news, and now you will be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which came true, which will come true at their proper time. Say, so why couldn't he speak? Because he'd ruined it with his mouth. You, some of us need a visitation. 
Amen. But look at this. Uncertainty in his life because his focus was on everywhere else but. And even when he has a supernatural encounter, he is still filled with uncertainty. I want you to see that it is the word coming from the Lord that's going to ultimately supplant that uncertainty in your life and maintain that faith in your life. Well, go over to Matthew 11. This is the story of the son that was promised. Everybody say Zechariah. Everybody say John the Baptist. When you're in Matthew chapter 11, say, I'm there. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach the people in the town of Galilee. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? After all this, all this ministry, because of his ministry, he's locked up. Of course, he's going to be martyred. After all of this, there's still that twinge of uncertainty in his life. It seems to me that it kind of runs in his family. Huh? How many know that faith needs to run in our family? He is uncertain despite everything he had been told because of the circumstances he is now facing. I want to find that I have preached for and laid a pathway for the coming Messiah only to find out you're not the one coming after all the sacrifices and all the problems. Is there anyone else coming or are you the one that is expected? Jesus replied, and watch this, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. What did he give him? He gave him the word. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah 6, uh, chapter 61. Jesus preached a sermon, Luke chapter 4, from that text. This is telling him that the word is being preached and the word is being confirmed with signs following. John, there doesn't need to be any uncertainty in your life. And the way to get it out is to go back to the word of God. And it's easy, you know, for to, you know, watching somebody else do this and succeed. But, you know, when you're the one in the cell, when you're the one that's being buffeted, when you're the one that's being lied to, when you're the one that's being deceived, when you're the one that's unemployed, when you're the one that has a bunch of kids and they don't know what they're going to do for school, when you're the one that doesn't have a clue how this thing's going to end, it's difficult. But your key is go back to the Word of God. Come on, shout it out. Go back to the Word. If a, if a priest can have that kind of tendency to uncertainty, and John the Baptist can have that tendency of uncertainty, so can you and me. And how are we going to get out of it? Going back to what did God say. Turn to somebody and tell them, what did God say about it? Why does this work? Faith is what makes one certain. Nothing else. Faith. Come on, shout it out. Faith is what makes you certain. Trust in God's power to keep and preserve you more than man's ability to hurt you and harm you. That's what he would say to us in this situation. Amen? Let me read this to you again. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Come on, shout it out. I'm growing more certain all the time. Certain of his goodness. 
certain of his love, certain of his power. He is on the job. You have to have the mindset that if there's one widow out there in Zarephath that's going to get the help of Almighty God, you're it. You have to have that mindset of certainty regarding God's word and what he has said. And that is how you want to deal with these situations. You don't have to have all the details, the nuts and the bolts and the steps, have it all figured out how this is all going to end. All you need to do is tie yourself to the word of God and you'll be stable, constant and consistent in a very challenging situation. And certainly brought on by their experiences, both of them. Brought on by their observations, both of them. Brought on by their circumstances, both of them. And certainly brought on by the voices they expose themselves to. The voice that goes on in that little head. Even if you're not listening to the news, you could be sitting around meditating on everything that's wrong instead of what God has said. You need to get your eyes and ears off the temporal, which is subject to change, and glue your eyes to what makes one certain the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Come on, say it. They're subject to change. We don't have to know about the timing of it, but guess what? It's subject to change, and it will change. I want you to hear me very clear today. COVID-19 has an expiration date. It has an expiration date. It's not going to continue to buffet God's people that he created, nor his plan, nor his intent. Amen? Come on, shout it out. COVID-19 has an expiration date. What do you do? Well, uncertainty thrives when the word is absent in our lives. Listen, are you uncertain about your future? Get the word on it. This Bible still says he has plans to prosper, plans to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Somebody didn't come out and erase that from your Bible because of COVID. Right. It doesn't have that kind of power. Can't change one iota God's plan and purpose for your life. It's still God's plan to prosper, to bless you, to guide you, to lead you, to direct you, to use you. If you're uncertain about your health, get some word on it. He sent forth his word and he healed him. Amen. Amen. He is the Lord our God that healeth thee. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and how he went around, what? Doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You uncertain about your safety? Get some word on it. No harm will come near your dwelling. You abide in the presence of the Almighty God. You're safe under his pinions and feathers. You say the Lord, he's my fortress and my refuge. You take that seriously. Amen. You're uncertain about your job. Get some word on it. The Bible says he blesses the, the labor of his people, of those that fear him. How can he bless your labor if you don't have any? If you're uncertain about your job, get some word on it. Instead of fearing the worst, why don't you think this way? The best job I ever had is right around the corner in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. You're uncertain about your money. Get some word on it. Hallelujah, your employer is not your source. The government's not your source. Stipends aren't your source. God is your source. He's the one that made the promise for you. And as surely as he has kept his word in every other area of your life, he'll keep this area as well. Amen. Glory to God. You uncertain about this nation? Get some word on it. 
Can I tell you something today? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Can I tell you something? We have a whole lot more than ten righteous people in this nation. No doubt we have millions of squirrely people. That's our harvest field. (laughs) But God is far from done with this nation. Amen. Be careful. You don't get sucked into the, I'm uncertain about America nonsense. No, you get certain that God has a plan for this nation. And God's going to bring everything up in accordance with his perfect will. Praise God. You uncertain about your salvation? Get some word on it. There's now therefore no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. He has taken your sin and given you His righteousness. He has caused you to be born again. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And you said with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and confession was made unto salvation. salvation. You want to push uncertainty out of your life, go to the Word. In the absence of the Word, uncertainty will thrive in the presence of the word, uncertainty will die. Amen. Hallelujah. So how do you triumph? How do I deal with this? How many of y'all want to triumph over uncertainty? Come on, raise your hands that I want to triumph every day. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, well, I sure am glad you chose this year to, to make it the year of triumph. First of all, I believe it's a prophetic word from God. But the point about triumph is... And yes, if I had known all this was coming down the pike, I would have sought God more about this year's theme. <laughs> or they're going to they're gonna think I'm nuts. Year of triumph. Here comes March. Wham! <laughs> but the, the thing of it is, if there's no challenge, there's no triumph. If there's no opposition, there's no triumph. If you're in a field, a lane, a, a swimming pool that takes eight swimmers, and you're the only one that dives in and you win, there's no glory in that. I won. What did you win? You may have improved on your time. If there's only one guy in the boxing ring, how can you celebrate the victory? You need to realize that no matter what is thrown at you, you're more than a conqueror. You're called to overcome. So don't be surprised if you're going to have challenges, if things are going to get in your way. That makes the triumph all the more sweeter. And can I tell you this? That Bible was written long before we declared this the year of triumph. Jesus declared it a long time ago. He always leads us in triumph procession. Amen? And you're going to do the same thing over this situation. So if you're struggling, if you're, if you're you know, kind of waving back and forth over this situation, all you need to do is remember that's happening because you need more time in His Word. Amen? Write these down and you go home and meditate on these. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. COVID-19 has an expiration date. Shout it out this way. These things came to pass. Not to stay. Hallelujah. Number one, run an uncertainty check in your life. Just be honest about yourself. What areas right now are you currently uncertain about? Be honest with yourself. These are areas where your faith is low or non-existent. The good news is that can be corrected. But until you're honest about it, there's no way you're going to get victory in that area. You could be right now uncertain about finances or uncertain about your kids or uncertain about your health. Look, the Word of God speaks to all those issues and so many more. 
but you need to run that check. And I tell you, another big indicator of this is, is just watching how you respond to things as they play out. You know, if, it's, if there's peace there and there's, there's a sense of tranquility there, it's going to tell you that there is a faith there because there is a, a rest there in your life. Amen. And how do you know if God causes you to rest, no devil can take it from you? Praise God. Are you here today? Now, how can I tell? Well, your mouth will usually give you away. Just like their mouths indicated uncertainty, your mouth will indicate uncertainty. Don't judge yourself and condemn yourself, but just simply say, you know what, this is the reality of this part of my life. And I want to explain this to you that you can be a faith giant in one area and be an absolute faith pauper in another area. I wish that if we had faith, it would just apply to everything and it would just all work all the time. And if I had faith for one thing, like for protection, I'd have faith for healing or, or faith for financial. But guess what? It doesn't work that way. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to address each of these areas in your life. And if there's uncertainty, you need to apply the word of God that will cause you to believe in those situations. But you have to be honest about it. I mean, we could take a poll or we can just take for granted today that all of these things we were mentioning are in this room right now. Number two, limit your exposure to faith-reducing inputs. Be ruthless about the things that are producing uncertainty in your life. I mean, some of y'all every day can't wait for the governor's briefing. Let me give you a tip. Knock it off. You're overdosing on this information. It's not producing peace in you. How many know that no matter what somebody says, God actually knows the truth? So doesn't it make sense to, to you know, attach yourself to the eternal and let this play out? Now, yeah, you can know some things, but what I see is people knowing to the place of an overdose, and all it's doing is producing fear and uncertainty in their lives. That's certainly not of God. Ask yourself a hard question. Turn to somebody and tell them, hard question. Is what you're watching and listening to increasing certainty or uncertainty in your life? That's reason enough to ditch those outlets and influences in your life. Because I promise you it's not going to matter anyway. They're going to change them again. The pastor, why, is, why are they all confused? Lean in. Because none of them know what they're doing. They've never been down this path before. And they're stepping all over each other in the process. But for your life and yours, I know somebody who does know exactly what's going on. And he's able to guide and lead and direct you. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, say it again. COVID-19 has an expiration date. Hey, Pastor, would you tell me what that date is? <laughs> when I'm looking at eggs, I want to see the expiration date on there. When I'm looking at that milk, I want to know what it is. Can you tell me what it is? I don't have that information. All I know is that it does. Hallelujah. Number three, immerse yourself in the scriptures. Intentional saturation. There is no substitute or other way to remain certain in uncertain times. What will this do for you if you saturate yourself with the Word? 
And not just pulling out your Bible or your smart device when the preaching's going on, but when no one else is around you. Quality time. Listen to what God said. Keeping your mind renewed. Do you know a single scripture can just jump off the page and hit you in the heart and it'll change your entire day? It's how powerful it is. The Word has the power to bring itself to pass in your life. One of the things that's going to happen when you saturate yourself is you're going to be able to discern the times and the seasons. You're going to have greater understanding of what's going on. That's not going to come from any news outlet so you could forget that plan. It's going to come from the Word of God. Another thing that's going to happen when you saturate yourself with the Word of God is you're going to have and flow in the mind of Christ. Let me explain this to you. Yes, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, but you and I know that we have to keep our minds renewed, consistent with the Christ or consistent with the Word of God. We have got to do our part here. Amen. Well, I don't have time. You have time to watch every other thing thousands of hours a week. You got plenty of time. I'll take a better amen than that. Come on, say it. I have plenty of time. I'm just not using my time correctly. Uh huh. A third thing that's going to happen is you're going to have the ability to discern the times and the seasons. You're going to have the ability to walk in the mind of Christ. Third, you're going to have the light in this situation. Amen. You're going to be walking just strong and straight and victorious because there's light in your life. The light for the believer comes through that relationship with the Word of God. Close the book, you turn off the light. And there are too many lamps switched off in the average church. Dr. Barkley went to a church of three or four thousand. He asked them to hold their Bibles. You couldn't find but three Bibles in the whole building. And that's in a church service. Turn to somebody and tell them, your Bible closed is doing you no good. Amen. You have the light when you open it and read it, meditate upon it, memorize it, start confessing what the Word says. Everything changes. Perspective changes instantly. And suddenly where there's been uncertainty in all these areas, you don't have it all figured out, but you're certain God's going to take care of it all. And not in a fatalistic thing, God will do what he wants to do, but in a faith way. God's going to turn this to my benefit. The devil ought not to mess with some Christian businesses in this country. Because in Jesus' name, they're going to come back with a vengeance and a force. Stronger than they've ever been in Jesus' name. The devil ought not to mess with your employer, because you're there. Amen. How can you have that confidence? The word of God will give you that confidence. You look at the circumstances and you'll say, oh, we'll never recover from this. Well, thank God that's not the basis of our faith. What we think or what we feel. Say it one more time. COVID-19 has an expiration date. Number four, remember there's a covenant keeping God on the throne. And he will not violate his covenant with you. If he has to move heaven and earth to keep a promise for you, he will. Where does that kind of confidence come from? It comes from spending time in the Word of God. And if few moments, we'll share.
the Lord's table together. You be mindful of this, and whatever it is that's going on, you need him to address. Any kind of promise you need to see him fulfill, you apply your faith to that. As we think about what he did on that day, how he died for you and for me, that covenant was cut and established by his blood. Now the promise is reinforced with the blood that he shed. Your confidence should be high. If you're ill this morning, expect to be healed in just a minute. I'm going to say it again. If you're ill, expect to be healed in Jesus' name in just a minute. If you have a problem financially, expect that to be resolved in Jesus' name. you have a problem in your heart, in your mind, your emotions, expect God to address that in Jesus' name. If you're crying out for wisdom and direction and all you have is confusion, expect God to put a sword in that confusion and show you the way you're supposed to go. Amen. You hear a voice behind you, the word says. This is the way. Walk ye in and all of that attached to that covenant. God is not begrudgingly fulfilling his covenant. He loves to fulfill the promises of his covenant. You're not trying to beg him to do something and finally he relents and says, Uncle, he said, Uncle, back on the day that Jesus gave up his life for you and for me. But now he's predisposed to show you his favor and to show you his goodness. Hallelujah. Praise God. Number five, and this is important the day that we live in, keep a merry heart. Keep a merry heart. The Bible says that a merry heart is medicine emotionally, mentally, and physically. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like what? Like a medicine. Learn to laugh again. Learn to smile again. Too many Christians are walking around in this COVID atmosphere like they lost their best friend. You're a child of God. You're more than a conqueror. You're the head, not the tail. You should be just enjoying no matter what season you're in and have a merry heart about you. If you'll just look for something, it'll just crack you up. Spend 15 minutes talking to my mom. You'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, say it. A merry heart doeth good. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10. What does that mean? It's our fortified place. It's a place where the devil can't get to. He can't take you out if you keep your joy. What have I to be joyful about? You're forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. You're blessed of God most high. Amen. You're hearing the truth. And the truth will do what? It'll set you free. You have every reason to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Amen. Jesus, you know, made it clear in this world you will have what? Some of y'all thought there was an asterisk next to that that said except for you. That's not what it says. In this world, you will have trouble. But what did he say? Be of good cheer. You know that's a command. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. No reason to be down. Amen. Many of you know that uh, Kelly insisted that we get another poodle. And this one's up to about six and a half pounds or something like that. And I thought, you know, when is this dog going to start doing stuff that's funny like the other one? So Juliana was on the floor the other day, sucking on a pacifier. This dog runs up out of nowhere and grabs the pacifier out of her mouth 
and then runs off. When he runs back, he's sucking on the pacifier. He turns it around, and he's, Julianne is just having a fit. <laughs> That's funny. My, my only regret is I don't have a video to show you. The fine joy and victory and peace and celebration in the simplest of things. Now, honestly, I'll celebrate more when this dog's potty trained. And what really bugs me is he's very smart. He's exceptionally intelligent. He and I are going to have a talk. <laughs> Amen? But, you know, you can last a long time with the image in your head of a dog running through the house with a pacifier in his mouth. <laughs> so if you're not careful, you get so down, so jaded, you know, so beat up over everything that's going on, you won't even see things that would lighten your load and bring... Joy to your heart. Funny things are happening all the time. Turn to your neighbor and say he's talking about you. You're the funny one. Amen. Huh. Speaking about baseball, several years ago, my dad was watching a Jersey retirement ceremony for Gonzo. He's a great player with the Diamondbacks and Mom decided to make him some soup and give him some oyster crackers. So he's sitting there, a little TV tray, and got the soup, you know, and got the crackers. And, and he's watching on television this great ball player have his jersey retired. And somewhere along the line, he took out his hearing aid and stuck it on that tray. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, instead of grabbing an oyster cracker, he grabbed a $1,500 hearing aid. That was so funny. I wrote up an article and I sent it to Gonzo. Never heard from him, but I want him to know what his greatest fan did to his hearing aid watching his induction ceremony. <laughs> Say, well, I don't think my family's nearly as much fun as yours. Well, they are characters. But you got some too. And they're everywhere you look. Do you see this? The Christian in this situation can't be the one that's walking around moping like they lost their, their best friend. You've got to be the one with a twinkle in your eye and a spring in your step and victory in your voice. You've got to be the one lighting the way. But if you let this, this spirit of uncertainty get inside of you, you're going to be part of the problem rather than the solution. Let them ask you about your hope. Let them ask you about your joy. How can you laugh? How can you be merry? You know, how can you be victorious? And you can explain to them the power of the word of God that goes on, that pushes the uncertainty out and gives you that victorious spirit, that gives you that spirit of faith about you, because faith is certain. Amen. Glory to God. So look at somebody and say, from now on, I'm watching you for some funnies. Yep, I'm watching you for some funnies, hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise his name. Can you do that right now? Can you praise him by faith? This uncertainty is moving out of your life. It's just being pushed away. Glory to God. Come on, go ahead and lift a hand and bless him today.